Hello, hello. Guess where I am? Back in my hometown, back in the UK, in the south of England. I had to suddenly leave my home in Vietnam, suddenly leave my home of the last six years because of, well, I'll tell you the story of my escape from Vietnam and my return to the UK in pre-intermediate level English, in simple English. Language for today. Today there'll be lots of airport and traveling vocabulary and I'll use the past continuous often. I was walking, I was flying, etc. Nice to be speaking with you again after five or six weeks. Remember, you can change the speed of this podcast on the app Castbox. Castbox. C A S. T-B-O-X. Okay, so in Vietnam, I worked at an international school in Hanoi, the capital city of Vietnam. My work contract finished, and I did not want to continue working at my school, so I left my job. Where did I go? I moved to Da Nang, a new city to find a new job and start a new life. The sun was always shining. It was on the beach. It was a very nice place. The lifestyle was healthy. But because of COVID-19, they stopped giving out new tourist visas in Vietnam. So I had no work visa and I could not get a tourist visa. My visa agent, he rang me five days before I was supposed to get a new visa and said, Tristan, I'm sorry, man, but the laws have changed and I cannot get you a new tourist visa. Oh my God. So I suddenly found out that I had to leave Vietnam in three days. Three days. There was not enough time to get a new job and I couldn't get a new tourist visa. My mind was going crazy. My work visa was running out. It was very, very stressful. Stressful meaning a worrying, worrying time. I tried to get a job, but it would take them one month to get me a new work visa. So I didn't have time because I had to leave Vietnam because my visa was finishing in three days. So I quickly booked a flight ticket to the UK. I packed five boxes of my possessions and things and put them in storage. Storage meaning a special locker room in Vietnam. So all of my possessions have been left in Vietnam. I sold my motorbike. I sold my bicycle. I got ready to return to good old England. There wasn't even enough time to say goodbye to my friends. It was impossible to leave Vietnam before my visa expired. There just wasn't enough time. I could not get a flight to the UK in time for the end of my visa. Could not get a flight in time. 
So I had no choice but to overstay, to overstay my visa by three days, to leave Vietnam three days late. It's my only choice in that time. What happens if you stay three days late? If you overstay your visa, you must go to the immigration office in Ho Chi Minh City in advance. Before the flight, you must pay a fine. The immigration department is on the other side of the city to the airport in Ho Chi Minh City. But if you were to fly from my city, Da Nang, to Ho Chi Minh City and go outside of the airport, you would need to quarantine for 21 days because there was COVID in my city of Da Nang and that at the time there was no COVID in Ho Chi Minh City. But how? How could I quarantine for 21 days in Ho Chi Minh City if my visa expired in three days? This was a, a very tricky and strange situation. I just wanted to go home. I did not have time to quarantine in a hotel in Ho Chi Minh City for 21 days just to go to the immigration office to get an exit visa. Didn't have time. I could not quarantine for 21 days in Ho Chi Minh City because my international flight to the UK was in three days. And I had overstayed my visa by three days already. I decided that I would just go straight to Ho Chi Minh City International Airport and try to pay the fine at the airport and just pay someone whatever money to let me through and to let me out of the country. I was hoping they would understand my difficult situation. I had no choice. I booked my international flight from Ho Chi Minh to London. I had to fly from where I was in Da Nang to Ho Chi Minh City to London. Okay, there was two flights. But guess what? The day before flying to Ho Chi Minh City, I hear the news. The Ho Chi Minh City domestic airport was closed because of COVID. Because all of Ho Chi Minh City was in lockdown. It was closed. Oh my God. How could I get my international flight from Ho Chi Minh to London if Ho Chi Minh Airport was closed. How? I was already three days overstayed on my visa and already I could not get an exit stamp because I could not go to the immigration department. Now I couldn't go to Ho Chi Minh City, which is where my international flight leaves from. I was trapped. I was stuck in Da Nang with an overstayed visa. It was so stressful. What could I do? To be honest, I was terrified. Terrified, meaning very scared. I was terrified of being blacklisted. Blacklisted is when you cannot return to Vietnam. Being blacklisted is the punishment. And I was scared of being in Vietnam illegally. I wanted to leave. 
but I couldn't leave. After hearing the news that Ho Chi Minh City domestic airport was closed, I received an email from the airline, and they said, Sorry, sir, we regret to inform you that your flight has been cancelled. Shit. How can I get to Ho Chi Minh City to fly to London? My Vietnamese friend rang the airport and found out that there were still flights from Da Nang to Ho Chi Minh City, but just half of the flights had been cancelled. Okay, Phew. great. So I booked another flight from Da Nang to Ho Chi Minh City for midday, for midday, for noon the next day. That evening, I had a final dinner with my friend with May. You guys know May. She has been on this podcast a few times. May, you know her. We had a sad final dinner. I gave her my bike and a chair and a desk and a few things, and I said my goodbyes. I then got home and went on my computer. A new email was in my inbox. A new email from the airline of the new flight. Oh my god. It said, Sorry, but your flight will be delayed, will be late by two hours. Two hours! That would mean I would miss my international flight from Ho Chi Minh City to London. Oh my god. I looked desperately for any other flight from Da Nang to Ho Chi Minh City, and there was one! One last flight, one last hope, one more flight and one more chance to get to Ho Chi Minh City for my international flight. But, but this flight was at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. It would get me to Ho Chi Minh City seven hours, a whole seven hours before my international flight, but it was my only choice and it was the only other flight that day. I booked, reserved this very early flight, and I had to pack and clean my apartment through the night. I booked the flight at 11pm. I finally got to bed at about 2.30am after packing and cleaning the apartment. I woke up at 5.30am to get my flight. I put my two suitcases in the taxi, and off I went to Da Nang Airport to fly to Ho Chi Minh. When I arrived at the airport, my flight to Ho Chi Minh... Guess what? My flight didn't exist. It, it just didn't exist. I looked on all the screens. The desks were all closed. They sold me a flight that didn't exist. The, the name is Budget Air. Budget Air is the company, and they sold me a flight that didn't exist, and they will not refund me the money. So, don't book flights with Budget Air. They are an international company, and just they put on flights that just don't exist. <laughs> anyway, my only choice was to buy another ticket, another ticket for the flight that would be two hours late from Da Nang to Ho Chi Minh. It's my only choice, which means 
I had to miss, to miss my international flight to the UK that day. And I would now be four days late on my visa, four days overstayed. I moved my flight from Ho Chi Minh to London to the day after, to the same flight but 24 hours later. I left Tanang and looked down through the clouds. Below, I could see the beautiful city on the beach, and I was sad to leave. I could see the whole coast, the big green mountains that surround it. And I thought about all the lovely people I had met uh, in that short time I was in Da Nang. After one hour and a half, I landed in Ho Chi Minh City, and I had to stay in Ho Chi Minh City Airport for 27 hours on a seat in front of the check-in for my international flight. Have you ever slept in an airport for 27 hours before check-in? It's not safe. Anyone can walk in and take your bags. But to be honest, after three hours, I, I couldn't do it. So I just went to a, a hotel just next to the airport. I did it quietly. Nobody said anything. It was fine. The next day, I went straight to the airport immigration to speak to them about my four-day overstay visa. Overstay. So, I re so remember, my overstay was going to be three days, and now it was four days. I walked to the immigration officer. I said, excuse me, sir. Uh, I need help. I overstayed my visa. I could not go to the immigration department to get an exit visa. I'm really sorry. Can you help? The immigration officer looked at my passport. He flicked through the pages. You are four day overstay, he said. You must go to the Vietnamese immigration department. And he gave me the address. Well, how? I couldn't leave the airport. I told him that I didn't think I could leave the airport without doing a 21-day quarantine. Now, I don't know if that's true or not true. He, he could see I was panicked. He took me around the corner and he looked up and he said to me, when is your flight? I said, my flight is in three hours. That's not enough time to go to the immigration department. He said, I can help you. One hundred dollar. <laughs> yeah, so I expected that. One hundred dollar. So luckily I was prepared. I had planned for this. I had two hundred dollars with me for these situations because I I, I understand that I couldn't or didn't get an exit visa. I gave him the money, gladly. Then he walked me to the check-in staff at Singapore Airlines and he spoke with one of them and I checked in with his contact and it was okay. I gave them my two suitcases and got my flight ticket. I said to them, you know I have overstayed my visa uh, by four days. Like, am, I, am I okay? And the check-in staff, she was a girl, she said, it's, it's okay, don't worry, it's no problem, you're fine now. 
and she smiled. Uh, so that's good to hear. So I relaxed a little bit, but I didn't relax fully. Next challenge, I had to walk back through immigration, through immigration with my four days overstayed visa. I was nervous. I nervously stood there, looking around, looking for my man, who I had paid earlier. I saw him. I could see him about ten meters away. He didn't look at me, and he ignored me. <laughs> yeah, he he looked up, and then he looked down again, and pretended he didn't know me. He had four friends with him now, four other immigration officers. One of his friends was on the immigration desk. I walked up to the man at the desk. I gave him my passport, and I was hoping, you know, that he had spoken with his friend that I paid earlier, and hoping that everyone knew my situation. I walked up nervously to the desk. I gave him my passport. He looked at my passport, and he said. You are five day overstay. Where is your exit visa? I said, I'm sorry. I'm four days overstayed. I already spoke with your friend. His friend ignored me. He said, There is no sorry, no sorry for five day overstay. Come with me. And next, he walked me to an office and he made me sit down in a chair. Sitting down in a chair alone. Next. Two uniformed men. Uniformed men walked in and they asked me many questions about my last school, why I was in Da Nang, etc., etc., why I had no exit visa, and I answered all of their questions. Then they just looked at me, looked at me, looked at me right in the eyes. So I said, I read on the internet. That if I'm only overstaying a few days, I can pay a fee at the airport. Is is that true? I'm only four days overstayed. Can I pay a fee at the airport? That's okay. The officer looked at me and he smiled. He typed in a price on the calculator. The price was about fifty dollars American, and to be honest, I was very happy to pay it. Very happy to pay it and just be out of there. I paid, and he was nice. He was a gentleman about it. Then he said, "It's okay. You can come back to Vietnam." Phew.、Uh, I sighed in relief. While he was walking me out of the office, I asked to confirm, "Are you sure? Can I come back to Vietnam?" I'm a teacher here, and I've lived here for six years. And he said, "It's okay. Vietnam welcome you." I was very relieved at this point, phew, because you know I've been there in in Vietnam for six years, and I love life in that beautiful country. It's my home. I've invested so much energy and emotions into Vietnam. Many of my best friends and relationships and got job contacts are in Vietnam, so I was scared of being blacklisted or something. I feel like that in that office, in that room, in the room where I sat with the two 
uniformed men. That's where they normally blacklist people. I don't know for sure, but it felt like it. The way he said, it's okay, you can come back to Vietnam. Anyways, I was comforted by his words that I could return to Vietnam. He took me to the immigration desk. They stamped my passport. We laughed at a friendly laugh, which put me in a positive mood. And then I walked through the security check. And then, after security, I was finally free of my stress. Free after a week, a solid week of the most insane stress, the most insane stress I've ever felt in my life. Probably. Yeah, I think so. I walked to my flight gate, and in front of me, through the big glass window, I saw the airplane, the Singapore Airlines airplane, that would take me back to the UK, and I breathed a sigh of relief, and I took a picture of the airplane. I boarded the airplane, and I saw the air stewardesses in their Singapore Airlines uniform, and I thought, ooh, how exotic, because that was my first foreign experience since COVID began in March 2020, because since then it has been too difficult to leave and enter Vietnam. So all my expat and Vietnamese friends and I just stayed in Vietnam for the last year and a half. I slept for most of the journey back to England. The airport, the airport when I arrived in London, was a beautiful place. I met my dad. It was beautiful because there were so many happy families there, more than usual. Happy families being reunited because of COVID. Many people who were arriving that day had not seen their families for a very, very long time. There were lots of hugs, lots of tears, people crying with joy. Yeah, it was beautiful. A bit like the opening scene from that movie, Love Actually. It's a classic English movie uh, called Love Actually, about all the different kinds of love. It's a, it's a great movie. You should watch it if you've not watched it yet. And you learn a bit about the British culture in it. We drove back, my father and I. We had a good chat. My mother was very happy to see me, actually. She had been more stressed over the previous two weeks than me. I had to do a 10-day quarantine. I had some English tea, some beans on toast, and enjoyed the home comforts, English traditional foods that I always miss when living in Asia. Since then, I've caught up with my best friends here in the UK, my oldest friends, people I've known since I was seven years old. It's great to see everyone again. I think I'll use this opportunity to reconnect with my life here in England. I want to become a part of people's lives again. After living away on and off in Asia for nine years, I want to spend more time with my four nieces and nephews. All of them are less than four years old, so they don't really know me. I am a myth to them. The mythical Uncle Tristan. 
For the last four years, I've worked at an international school. So the only time I've seen people in the UK is just a few weeks here, a few weeks there. So I'm really happy to be spending a much longer time in England. How long? How long? So right now I'm thinking maybe six months. I'm going to try to visit Italy and Portugal for a few weeks, enjoy Christmas here in the UK, and then leave probably just after Christmas. My ideas right now are I'll probably return to Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. There are many good jobs there for me. It's a fun place to live as an expat, and I'll have free time to do my podcast. I have many friends there, and I know the city as I used to live there for two years. Or, or I'm also thinking of moving to Mexico. So many people have said amazing things about Mexico. So I'll do some research, or maybe Portugal. I'll travel to Portugal this October with my friend from university. If you live in Portugal and want to meet up, please message me on the Simple English Listening Facebook page. And then I can stop by and maybe have a have a beer with someone, and you can tell me all about Portugal and living there. So next, I'll live in Ho Chi Minh City or Mexico or Portugal. If you're from Mexico or Portugal, maybe you can recommend some towns for me to research. I'd like a a place with a population of at least say eighty thousand people, a beach, surfing if possible, and you know other. Young people there,、uh, things to do. If you can recommend some towns, please tell us on the Simple English Listening Facebook page or message me. Okay, guys,、uh, please stay subscribed to this podcast. I will release new episodes when I have free time, maybe once per month or once every three weeks or so. Also, please listen to the last podcast if you haven't already. It is about the story, the history. Of the USA, I researched everything, so it's all a, like it's like a history lesson in a kind of entertaining way. Hopefully,、uh, I will release part two, part two of the history of the USA, part two next time. Okay, so take care, my friends, and all the best to you.